The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. And we'd like to welcome you to another edition of Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 1039 LI News Radio. And catch us out on the LI News Radio app. This is your host, Bob Vecchio. Spotlight on Long Island Schools is brought to you by the Nassau Suffolk School Boards Association, serving Long Island School Boards since 1959. Thanks for tuning in each and every week to hear about some amazing, unique programs that our schools are teaching and exposing our students to every day of the school year. And this week in our spotlight, it's a special educational partner segment. And we're speaking with some folks that are going to talk to us about school safety and security mainly on the technology side. And we're going to learn about some federal regulations that are in place and state regulations that call for the need to improve the technology that schools and 911 systems use in the case of an emergency. We're speaking with some of the folks from Avaya, and I'd like to welcome to the program first their regional sales leader, Chris Goodwin. Chris, welcome to Spotlight on Long Island Schools. And uh, listen, you're a busy guy. You know, school security is an issue that has been around for many, many years now, but really technology has taken it to a whole different level. Talk to us about your role there at Avaya and how you came to be an educational partner in a through K-12 space. Sure. So first, thank you for having us on the show. Um, first and foremost, um, Avaya has taken a very unique position, I believe, um, in looking at school safety. Both Brandy and I, who you're going to meet in a, and introduce in a minute, are responsible for our SLED vertical, which is state, local, and education, K through 12, all the way through higher education. And really, um, the focus that, that we're looking at here tonight is some of the technology that we have to monitor school safety and harden our schools. And we've been fortunate enough, Brandy and I, to go across the country and have meetings like we've had recently, uh, where you were able to participate, where we have not only state senators, but also people from uh, the Board of Education. We have policemen. Uh, we have folks from uh, under sheriffs uh, that participate in these meetings, and they really talk about how school safety is so paramount, and it touches every person. Uh, I personally have uh, two kids. Both of them are school teachers. So it is really central to me, not only the safety of students, but also of the faculty. And we've been fortunate to partner with a couple of very good uh, vendors that, that support this marketplace and offer technology that allows not only the campus safety, but the police and emergency services to communicate more effectively when they respond um, to an emergency. Um, and that's really what it's all about. It's communication um, is the key and making sure that that line of communication is not only open between all of the you know different uh, agencies that I just spoke about, uh, but also within the school, because in many cases, what we're finding is if a 911 call comes in and the police are dispatched, when the police get there, no one at the school knows that a 911 call has been placed. Hmm. 85% of all calls to 911 are now through a cell phone. And through that cell phone technology, we're able to pinpoint exactly where that phone call is made. Um, and transmit that data, not only to public safety at that, that school, but also to the police department, fire, emergency services. So this way, when they get to the site, um, they already have a pretty good understanding of what's facing them. 
and they can make sure that when they respond, they bring the appropriate people, um, as well as any um, additional resources they need uh, to be able to accommodate whatever that situation is. Um, we actually have one partner that takes it so seriously um, that every time they save a life, they ring a bell that's on the wall. Mm. And, you know, that, that, that's really what it's all about is hardening our schools, making them safe, not only for our students, but also for the faculty and the people that work within those facilities. Yeah. And, and I think there's a fine line and, and a delicate balance that you try to achieve while at the same time hardening the schools, but still keeping them soft because they are schools, right? Like perception wise, but the communication piece is so critical because oftentimes during a crisis, you could create a crisis within the crisis because of the lack or breakdown of communication. And in today's day and age, like you said, with cell phones, you know, if something is happening in a school building, parents are finding out right away. Not back in the day you would, you know, maybe hear about it or something. It's instantaneous. And lots of times a crisis within a crisis could be created and you have to have the proper protocols and procedures in place, but the technology is so critically important. So that's why this is kind of a tough subject to be talking about, but an important subject that schools have been looking at for a long time. And as technology has improved, taking a look at what's available and what works and what the right fit is. So how do you guys try to match up that right fit? So, you know, every situation is a little bit different. Every campus is a little different, you know, on the school side, if we want to just talk about that first and foremost. It's really looking at each individual situation and getting an understanding of how that school wants to be hardened. And what I mean by that is there's certain technology that they may feel is too intrusive. And there may be some technology, as you were talking about just a moment ago, that technology is really what's driving you know, our discussion here today. But sometimes it scares people, quite honestly, the technology that's out there and available to them. But what we're finding is school administrators, superintendents, and so forth are not aware of some of the technology that is available to them that we're now going across the country and educating communities on. Um, I did Suffolk County just recently, and that's where you and I had an opportunity to meet, and I wanted to do it in my backyard. I'm a resident of Suffolk County. Um, again, I have two, two school teachers you know, as kids, and I wanted to make sure that every administrator, you know, in Long Island specifically knew about this technology uh, that really does save lives, because that communication part that you had just mentioned really is the key to this technology. Um, and it is something that, quite honestly, when we go around the country and talk about everything that we're talking about here tonight, there's a 100% focus from the audience on this because everybody has seen on TV situations that have taken place. And in some cases, just recently, I had a situation where I went to a show and I talked to an administrator in a school in Maine and their son was friends with one of the shooters in Maine. So that's how close it is to these communities that we live in. And Avaya wanted to take a very active role in being able to support technology that not only hardens our schools, makes them more safe, but making people aware. Well, we also want to welcome to the show Brandy Hardman, who is the U.S. SLED Channel Manager. Basically, state, local government, and education systems is her ballywick, if you will. Brandy, welcome to the show. And before we get into some of the regulations that folks should be made aware of, talk to us about your role and how you help out and partner up with schools. 
Well, thank you, Bob. It's really great to be here. Um, so as a channel manager at Avaya, my job is to educate our partners on all things Avaya. And when I came onto the team three years ago, I saw the need um, to really make sure that our, our partners understood the laws because you were a communications company, right? We're, we're, we're a global communications company and we bear responsibility in making sure that we communicate effectively, safely, and we're, and we're making sure in the event of an emergency, or, or communicating um, in the way we should to save those lives. <clears throat> so that's my job. And I just thought, you know, what? A, how can I do this better? Instead of just going after partner after partner, I just decided, you know, let's put something together like what we did in Long Island and let's, uh, let's educate the masses. So while I do focus on our partner community, which is, you know, who sells Avaya to, to end users, I get to have the joy of also talking to people like you and, and educating end users on, on all things Avaya, and that includes public safety. When we come back from the break, we're going to continue our conversation with the folks from Avaya. We're talking school safety, security, and the use of technology and improving communications during the unfortunate event of a crisis. And we're going to learn about some of the regulations that unfortunately tragedy struck, but good laws were passed to prevent tragedies like the ones that the laws are named after from happening again. You're listening to Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 1039 LI News Radio, out on the web at linewsradio.com, and also check out the LI News Radio app. That's your place to listen to anything that you hear on LI News Radio, no matter where you are in the country. You can listen to me on the beach in, I don't know, San Diego or whatever you want to do. And check out our Facebook page. That's your place to suggest a program club or activity that your schools are involved in. And your students in school may be the next one in our spotlight. Once again, school safety and security and technology to help keep all of our people safe in our schools, students, and staff. When we come back from the break, you're listening to 1039 LI News Radio. And we'd like to welcome you back to Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 1039 LI News Radio. Catch us out on the LI News Radio app and Spotlight on Long Island Schools, brought to you by the Nassau Suffolk School Boards Association, serving Long Island School Boards since 1959. We're talking school safety and security, but from the technology standpoint, and how to, you know, harden your schools while realizing there's still schools, how to improve communications, and guess what? There's some federal regulations and some state laws that kind of govern schools on what the expectations are and what they should be doing and the technology that should be employed. And Brandy, before the break, we were kind of touching on your role, but, you know, at the presentation that Chris spoke about earlier that was held in Suffolk County, and, you know, we're very fortunate in Suffolk that law enforcement is, you know, they, they've been a truly solid partner with schools for a long time, particularly with campus security and responding to incidents. They do uh, drills inside actual schools, so they become familiar with the floor plans, and Suffolk County has the ability to tap into camera systems. They have floor plans that they could look at. Uh, there's all sorts of things that you know the County of Suffolk and Suffolk County PD in particular has done with Suffolk schools uh, that really came about you know, as a result of previous tragedies, right? I sat on a board for 18 years. And, you know, when I first got on the board, Columbine had obviously happened before. And then it was another incident, another incident. And if you would have told me when I first got on the board in 2003, that we would fence in our campuses, have guard booths and security personnel in our elementary buildings, 
I would have said you were out of your mind, unnecessary expense. And then along came Sandy Hook, and that was a game changer for everybody, I think. So, you know, let's talk about some of the regulations that are out there that folks should be aware of. Absolutely. And you're right. You know, uh, I mean, Columbine, I was back in the 90s. I mean, we never even saw anything like that. I remember seeing that on TV and thinking, what is happening here? Um, But so much has happened since that. What I think is the first school shooting that I ever heard of was was Columbine. and it's it's in the legislation, you know, we really want to automate outcomes. And I think this legislation that we have in place is really helping schools automate the outcomes so that way teachers can be human um, in the event of an emergency. So when we talk about the first piece of legislation that was ever passed, it's called Carrie's Law. And it refers to Carrie Hunt, who unfortunately lost her life because her young daughter was not able to call 911 the way she was taught. We have all been taught to call 911. Never did we teach our children to get an outside line and then call 911. A nine-year-old doesn't understand that, right? I mean, who who teaches their kid that? 911. So when she was at a hotel with her father and her mother, an estranged uh, situation for a visit with her father, and her father started to stab her mother, she oh. picked up the phone in the room and repeatedly called 911. And it was dead air. Nothing happened. And she did that four times before she ran out into the hallway to get help. Unfortunately, Carrie Hunt died before help could get there. She was alive during the call and she ended up bleeding to death because it took too long to find her. Hmm. And her father, Hank Hunt, made it his life's mission to make sure no other child ever had to do that and go through that again and watch their parent pass with because they couldn't get help. And the thing he, he kept saying was, she just kept saying, I tried. I tried calling 911 and it didn't work. And that's the first time we realized just how broken it was. You see, we we all knew, I mean, when we went to hosted, you know, when we went to VoIP, voice over IP, all started happening in the internet. There's a serious problem because 911 was not built for the internet because there's no location. You can be anywhere and make a phone call when you're calling from the internet. So we realized very early that that we needed to address that situation and people were moving from landlines. So with Carrie's law, Avaya was very, very, very big on that and helped write it actually. Um, Mark Fletcher, who used to work for Avaya, who's still in the industry, helped write Carrie's law and it was passed in 2018. And the the, the one thing, that it states is there must be no prefix when you're calling 911. Not an eight and a nine, not a zero, zero. There's no outside line. So that's 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 the first step. It also included on-site notification, which was very, very key. You call 911, you remove that prefix, and now somebody on-site must know a call was placed from wherever it was placed. And so that's what we call on-site notification. It passed in 2018 unanimously and, and 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 president trump was able to sign that into law so that was our first really big step towards it but it wasn't enough so we went with ray bombs act and in ray bombs act phase one passed in 2020 it states that y- you must be able to give a, a a dispatchable location what does dispatchable location mean that means police fire ambulance rescue should walk through that door not to have to talk to anybody and know exactly where they're going to come to that to that emergency. 
dispatchable location. Mm. Still have to provide that on-site notification, which is really important. But we got we got better at it, right? We said, okay, we really need to get granular. No longer 100 Main Street. We want 100 Main Street, second floor, east wing, room 102. That's what we need to do in order to save lives. Yeah, minutes save lives. Right. Seconds save Absolutely. lives. So anywhere you can shave off seconds and, and minutes, it's so critically important. Absolutely. But then it gets better because the very next year, January of 2021, Ray Bombs phase, Ray Bombs Act Phase Two comes into play. And what does it cover? All devices, wireless and wired. So now, any any enterprise customer, anybody, any, any user, has to be able to say, "We've given you a phone. We've given you a laptop. We have to make sure when you call 911 from that laptop, that soft phone, that device." You're going to have 911 know exactly where you are. You're going to get a dispatchable location. And that was really a game changer. What happened in the 20 and 2021 at home user workers, right? right? Everybody was remote. So now you see this hurry, even students are remote and they've all been given laptops that can call the law states. Those laptops must have location information on them. And so Avaya took the stance of, you know what? We are a communications company and we bear responsibility because what the law states in the legislation is we're all responsible, manufacturers, resellers, operators. So your school administrators who are operating that system, they're responsible as well. Everybody's responsible to ensure that we are getting those 911 calls to the right PSAP to save lives. Makes a lot of sense, and uh, it's it's so very new and so very evolving that probably a lot of folks like myself, I wasn't even aware of that last piece. And Chris, we were talking about technology and, and how it hardens schools from a security standpoint. And at that conference that you guys hosted in Suffolk that we co-hosted with you, you know, something that popped into my head during Brandy's presentation and, and others' conversations was, you know... <laughs> I'm a terrible golfer and sometimes my ball goes way astray and I go to look for it and all of, a car, all of a sudden my cart stops dead because I'm going into an area that the golf course doesn't want me to go because I haven't hit the fairway, but that's geofencing technology and it shuts down the cart and you guys were talking about that type of technology to monitor where people are in the building during a crisis, you could see if they're in a closet or if they're in a certain hallway, a certain floor. So you could you could kind of pinpoint where the bad guy or bad gal is or whatever. Talk to us about the actual technology along those lines. Sure. So geofencing, you're basically taking the perimeter of, let's say, a high school and putting a fence around that entire high school. And that's your geofence. So anytime a 911 call is made within that geofence, notification um, it takes place, that on-site notification that Brandy had mentioned. And what we do is we do compliance checks where we come in and we'll look at, let's say, this high school and see exactly what they currently have in place and then make recommendations on what they could do to harden their schools even further. To that point, not only do you do the geofencing, but you also allow um, for the door locks to be accessed as well as the camera systems within the high school, in this case, as we're speaking. So this way, um, you can basically lock a perpetrator into a specific area of the campus and then evacuate the rest of the students and the faculty from the areas that have been deemed safe. And that's one of the problems that we've seen in you know, some of the situations that have taken place recently is 
you know, you have fire and rescue and police and emergency services and everybody's waiting outside because they don't know where is a safe place to go in and start evacuating people. With this technology, police can actually access the cameras before they even get to the site. So as I mentioned before, they can really take a look at the situation. If there's more than one perpetrator, they may need more than one, you know, one policeman responding to that to that site. So this way they bring the appropriate um, support that they need. Uh, but really allowing emergency services, police and and fire and rescue to evacuate people is just as important as it is to get to the actual perpetrator of where they are, because listen, it, it's all about safety. And we talk about hardening our campuses. Um, the next thing one of the, um, one of the providers that, that we deal with is working on is the ability to detect guns non-intrusively through AI. So this way it's not metal detectors that people would need to walk through. Um, it's done without their knowledge. But again, you wanna make sure that you know of someone walking in the door with a handgun or with a knife before they actually, you know, get into that high school or that campus. There's so much more we can talk about, and maybe we will have you back in the next few weeks because we've just scratched the surface here. Talking school safety and security, we want to thank the folks from Avaya for educating us briefly on some of the technology that's out there, more importantly, some of the regulations that's out there that we need to all be aware of. Because again, seconds matter, minutes matter, safety and security always matter for staff and students in our school communities. We thank you for tuning in this week to Spotlight on Long Island Schools on 103.9 LI News Radio. And again, catch us out on the LI News Radio app. Thanks for tuning in each and every week to hear about all sorts of topics. And today was kind of a heady topic and, well, can never say enough about school safety and security. So we'll end on this. We thank the education partners who helped us to help our students and our staff. Thanks for tuning in. Until next week, be safe, be smart, and keep listening to LI News Radio. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.